not get on any Spotify playlist until after you've tuned into this episode. And I'm going to break down why with a special guest coming up right after this intro. Music is useless if we don't know how to market it. We could be making the best music in the world, but if no one hears it, it won't go anywhere. Now the question is, how do we get new listeners every single day to grow our fan base and independently make it as a music artist in this day and age? How do we buy back our time to focus more on making and marketing the music that we are so passionate about? Join me in my mission to help put at least 50,000 music artists on the right track to be independently successful with their music to turn the talent that they have with their voice into gold. My name is Billy Nellis and welcome to the Golden Voice Podcast. Boom! Okay, so we have another special guest that's coming in on the Golden Voice podcast. And, you know, for the individual that I'm about to bring on, I saw him for the first time on one of Clinton Sparks' Twitch streams. And I looked him up on Instagram to find out that he's a value-driven person serving the artist community just like me. He's a serial tech entrepreneur and mentor, community builder, but most importantly, a TEDx speaker that knows the ins and outs of the music industry. So without further ado, and I'm going to have to put my headphones on for this one, let me bring on to the Golden Voice podcast show, Matei Harangozo. How's, how's it going, brother? Good, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the intro. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing awesome, man. It's an honor to have you on here. And, you know, coming from when I first saw you on Twitch, sharing some value and breaking out some of the music business stuff, and now to have you on the Golden Voice podcast, I don't take it lightly. So really appreciate to have you on here, man. Thank you for having me. I enjoy doing these. So. Awesome, awesome. So uh, why don't you why don't you introduce yourself, uh, let everybody know where you're from, uh, kind of what you do and how it all started for you, basically, so that, you know, the audience can get to know you a little bit better. So let's get it. Absolutely. So um, I emigrated to the United States when I was almost 12 years old in 95, almost 96. My parents, of course, moved over here. I didn't do it on my own. Um, and I started sixth grade in the U.S. In, in high school, I got you know obsessed with kind of the music industry aspect. That's when the first CD burners came out. And because I was not a citizen, uh, my mom always told me, you know, don't get in no trouble and like you know, selling drugs and things like that. You know, as a side hustle, a lot of my friends were into, you know, selling a little bit of weed here, here and there on the side. My side hustle was the uh, burning CDs, basically. But that's kind of how with the passion started uh for the for the music then i ended up going to college for mechanical engineering i did drop out my fourth year to start a business because i felt like uh the education was great i'm so glad i went to school for engineering don't get me wrong but um wanted to you know start a business and not really work for anybody so i did that i've been able to uh, have the pleasure to start uh multiple companies in real estate the restaurant business software development had a few very successful ones and I kind of put the music stuff on the back burner because I didn't really know how to navigate the music industry, especially living in Maryland around Baltimore. The industry didn't exist here. So long story short, after a few successful companies and a bunch of failed companies as well in 2016, when I had to shut down one of my most successful companies, I decided to um, just dive deep into the music industry. And that's kind of where I got into it full time, you know, um, and I, I still own a software development company with close to 50 employees. We focus on e-commerce platforms. So that's kind of a you know quick story. Just, you know, been an entrepreneur since age 18, 19 and took me a while to figure out how to get into my passion, which was the music industry. But eventually, you know, I, I got in there. 
Wow, that's amazing. We actually got something in common because I went to college for uh, computer science and then I went to university for software engineering. So I think we got something in common here. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool that you actually uh, went on and created something on the, you know, on the engineering side because I quit after one year of being in my intern uh, when I was in going through university. And when I when I went through my internship and I was I was looking at the people around, I said, I don't think I'm going to be spending the next 30 years of my life doing this. And I kind of quit everything. My my mom wasn't too happy about that. But, you know, uh, and then that's when I did did a shift with the music stuff, you know, get, getting involved in the nightclub and the, the entertainment, uh, you know, scene and everything and starting a mini record label with my childhood friends and everything. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool, man. I, I didn't even know that you were um, you know, highly in that and that you have a, you know, you know, you have something going on in the, in the tech and in the software world and everything. So that's absolutely amazing. But to see that you're also, uh, in the music space, in the music industry, and you, you know, you, you know, your stuff, you see what I'm saying? That's, that's pretty amazing to see. And I geek out as equally on the, you know, the music stuff than I am about, you know, marketing as well. So how did you do the transition into saying, okay, I love all the tech stuff. I love all the, you know, the software engineering and all these things. How, how was the shift? Like, what, what is it that you saw that really made you pivot and dive deeper in the music space or the music well, industry? My, one of my most successful companies that I started with my uh, business partners was in energy efficiency, which was basically our company doing energy audits for residential homes, commercial buildings, and multifamily homes. Okay. So we really grew that from nothing to uh, almost 60 employees in Maryland. We're doing really well, did multiple tens of thousands of units uh, of energy retrofits and things like that. Nice. But unfortunately, what we learned in that business was that um, when the Obama administration period was over, which was the administration that heavily invested on the East Coast into energy efficiency. When the Trump administration came in, kind of killed that subsidy in the business. So we unfortunately had to shut the company down. But during that time, when the money was good, I started getting into the music industry just, you know, as a producer, as a hobbyist, I had a studio and I invested a bunch of money behind artists. So I always say I've had the pleasure to get scanned for $40,000 between like 2013 and 2016 because i had like my toes in the industry not really full-time mm. in it because i couldn't uh, i was focused on another business but i knew the importance of marketing and business processes i just didn't know how bad uh we were going to get scammed if i hire certain marketing agencies and, and pr agencies and things like that so when we had to shut the company down in 2016 i was at a crossroads it was either you know all my friends tell me man you got a lot of experience just get a job and uh, you know like C-level somewhere at a company. I'm like, nah, man, like I've learned so much. I know it's going to be a tough transition, but I want to continue to be an entrepreneur. And at Renew It, I, I was one of three partners. I was re I was the CTO, essentially, responsible for technology. Right, right. That was my passion since college. So I built a software that automated a lot of our business process, our reporting, our analytics, and all of that. And it actually, that made us very competitive and made us uh, accelerate our growth pretty fast within those eight years. Nice. So, because of the relationships of me grooming literally small software development teams underneath me, the company I did it with was out of India. So when the uh, energy efficiency company failed, um, I partnered up with the, my guys in India. We formed a new company focusing on e-commerce specifically. And then I was like, now nah, I have extra time. 
I always wanted to get in the music industry, but let me do it right this time. I've, I've spent $40,000 learning what not to do. So now that I know a lot more, let me dive in and do it the right way. Um, so, you know, I would say about late 2017, I started my uh, Instagram page, which is Matei underscore age underscore entrepreneur. And it was really just um, talking about the the business that the artists need to learn to really get to the next level independently that I've been talking about on the sidelines in the studio since 2014 at nights when I had a little bit of time, came downstairs, you know, had engineers working out of their artists, passion artists, recording, dope artists, a lot of talented artists. And I was just giving them my two cents. Like, look, you really need to market this. Don't just be coming in here and recording. Like, what's your marketing plan? How are you going to get finances for what you're doing? Like, what's your run rate? You know, like, how are you going to build your team and things like that? So I started with that. And I always wanted to build an accelerator, like an incubator, because actually incubators in Maryland helped us a lot to help to get our company to the next level. And I didn't see anything like that existing in the music industry. So that was kind of the goal. But then the COVID, you know, situation happened. So I had to pivot a little bit. I did end up starting an online accelerator as opposed to like a physical incubator. But, you know, that's probably a long answer to your short question of how did you get through the transition? But that's where the transition really happened. So it was like uh, it, it was sort of my back against the wall. It was like, OK, you lost one company. Are you going to go out get and get a job or are you going to figure out how to be an entrepreneur again? So I figured I, had, I learned a lot of skills. It was very painful transition, but something inside me told me like I cannot just go and get a job like. Even though this company failed, we've learned so much. I mean, we've built the business out of nothing. Yeah. Employees process. I was like, I got to figure out how to replicate that in other industries, you know? Right. And I took that leap and it hopefully worked out. Love it. Love it. That's that. That's it right there. You know what I mean? You, your back was against the wall and you basically stand for most of the stuff that I stand for as well, because, you know, over the years I've invested, you know, people think it would be crazy. Like I, I invested big money and like you said you, you invested in not what to do and you took that as a lesson and you know that helped you uh go over the hump go over the obstacle so that you can continue uh, that's why i always say the obstacle is the way so that when you come back on the other side you're stronger than you was when you came across the actual obstacle as a challenge right so that's pretty awesome now we're going to do a little bit of a pivot, right? Just like you pivot to, to the music, we're going to do a little bit of a pivot. And we're going to talk about something that may, you know, create polarity. And that's why music artists should not get on Spotify playlist and why. So um, I know that a lot of music artists, you know, when, they, when we're talking about streaming, they always talk about, yeah, Spotify, my Spotify, follow my Spotify, Spotify this, Spotify that. But what's your take on that? Why why shouldn't an independent music artist get on a Spotify playlist? And usually artists want to get on the playlist to get exposure and all that good stuff. But why shouldn't they get on the Spotify playlist and the reason why? So I have to clarify which playlist not to get on. So there's right. three types. There's a third-party playlist, which is probably the ones that are DMing artists on a daily basis. I'll get on our playlist. You're going to get X amount of streams, this and that. There's yeah. algorithmic playlists which are created by Spotify, the software from getting enough data about real listeners and how they behave with your music. And then the Spotify algorithm recommends your music on its own to other likely or similar listeners. And then there's curated editorial playlists, which are super difficult to get on, but those usually you get on uh, as you get bigger in the game, as you build more connections, you can get those through digital distribution, you know, platforms or deals, or also, you know, 
Uh, if you're consistent and persistent, you can possibly get on those through pitching your music through the Spotify for Artists platform. Before your music comes out, you have the opportunity to pitch Spotify curators directly. So the ones you should not get on in most cases, and I'll explain you know, uh, my experience from all different genres, is a third-party playlist. And mm. with my company, you know, Digital Science Media, is pretty much when we got started in like 2019, uh, of doing just digital marketing. I did form a few partnerships with companies that were pushing playlists, third-party playlists. And in the beginning, some of them were decent, right? But the the thing that I had that most companies didn't have, I have a software background and I actually had a API to Spotify. So what, API is basically just like a, a, a backend integration into software that can help you, you know, gather certain data that otherwise publicly maybe everybody can't get. Um, and I was able to get data that told me how many listeners were actually on these third-party Spotify playlists. So the the followers on the third party that means nothing because I, right. I've I've seen I've you know we've tracked Spotify playlists that had fifty thousand followers, but we're getting eighteen monthly listeners. Clearly, that wow. was because you can fake anything on the front page, yeah. you can fake it, right? Yeah. So, uh, long story short, uh, we've offered those services for about six months, but I saw that, A, some of the decent third-party playlists they were working with, they were getting shut down. Because at the end of the day, if you look at the terms and conditions of Spotify, you're not allowed to charge artists to be on a Spotify playlist and make money off of it. That's uh, against the terms. So somehow they got caught up, whatever. And then I've seen other playlists try to tweak their business model, still charging, but because like they were trying to basically, they were doing like half bots, have low quality listeners. The reason I say low quality is because when you listen to some of these playlists, it's like A-list artists and then some random artists, A-list artists and random artists. And we, we have to be real. Not every random artist that's willing to spend $200 to get on the playlist is going to be good. And what that does to the listener, the listener is not going to engage with that. They're not going to listen to it. It's like a radio station yeah. sometimes playing or often playing horrible music. What yeah, consumer yeah. continue? You know, so uh, I, I started to learn more about it. Then we stopped offering these uh, playlists completely. And what I noticed, especially in hip hop, R and B, even in EDM, and the, some of the artists that we were dealing with as clients, uh, primarily in these genres, it, the the, the third party playlisting game just became horrible. Uh, it ended up being mostly bots. And there's an easy way to tell whether it's bots because if you're in a playlist and it doesn't grow your algorithmic playlist whatsoever. Or if you're not getting the stamps from that. And at least a little bit of traffic is not trickling down on your Apple, you know, uh, music and your in your Amazon music and things like that. It's all fake numbers. Now, there are third-party Spotify playlists that are amazing. If you get on Barack Obama's playlist, that's probably gonna change your career. LeBron James probably has a playlist. Oprah may have a playlist. Gary Vaynerchuk has a playlist. You know, these major influencers have their own playlist. Those are still third-party playlists, but we all know they're not gonna charge an artist three to five hundred dollars. Um, you know, to get on that playlist, they're going to put you on it because they truly care about your music. Now, how you get in front of them for them to care about your music, that's a whole different story, right? But long story short, these third party playlists, because artists don't understand the music and because Spotify is sort of like a dopamine addiction for artists, because the only platform that shows front facing numbers, meaning you go on Spotify, look at an artist, oh, a million streams on this and mm. thousand streams on this, no other platform will show you that. So artists figured, oh, well, the, the labels keep saying, get our numbers up. The, the you know, we're going to trick consumers to show them we got a million streams. So maybe they're just going to start listening to it, whether it's good music or bad music and all of that. And I can tell you right now, it doesn't hurt. And essentially what happens and it's getting worse and worse is that 
Spotify is getting smarter. They don't want to pay out on fake streams. So they're booting more artists off of Spotify. A lot of our clients that came to us after the fact got letters from DistroKid, from TuneCore, from CD Baby, from United Masters, you name it. They got uh, Spotify, uh, their tracks taken off just from Spotify. And again, 99% of the time is because they got on a bunch of third-party playlists that gave them fake streams. And Spotify, they don't want to pay out on fake streams. It's like paying fake employees. You know, I don't know right. what other analogy to give, right? So I tell artists... Like, stop that. Stop with these third-party playlists. Now, if you advertise the correct way to bring real people, whether it's through digital ads or you're out there on the street level performing on a Bluetooth speaker and you got a QR code next to you on the banner and people scan it and that scan goes directly to the URL of their Spotify, that's how you bring real people to your Spotify. That's when you start getting real people listening to it. They engage with the song. They can like it. They can save it to their playlist. They listen to it for multiple times. There are actual real people either paying for their Spotify membership or even if they have it free, Spotify can tell their real users. And then from that data, Spotify will put you an algorithmic playlist, the Discover Weekly, the uh, um, Release Radar, um, the the Repeat Playlist, um, the Radio Playlist. When you get like when the it's called the Radio Playlist, when they start mixing you with similar artists too, the only way to get on mm -hmm. that is if uh, Spotify has enough data about your listeners and what else they listen to. They start pairing you up with those recommendations. And I've, what I've also seen is that we, you know, we work with a client, they spend thousands of dollars marketing the right way. They start getting an algorithmic playlist, radio playlist. Then they get overzealous. Somebody sells them a bullshit third-party Spotify deal. They get on a playlist thinking, nah, they told me this was real. This was real organic. And then it basically adds bad data into Spotify. And within... 24 to 48 hours, they immediately are off of the radio playlist. They get off of the Discover playlist and they're devastated. They're like, how do I get these back? I'm like, now you got to like not. clear the water. You got to cleanse the dirty data, unfortunately. So, you know, these are the playlists I'm talking about to stay the hell away from in most cases, unless you can get to those really good playlists and they're hard to confirm whether or not they're real. Unless, of course, you know, Barack Obama's playlist, like he's not going to be putting bots on his playlist. Right, right, right. That's that's crazy. Like you can actually get booted out of the Spotify platform. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty insane. And you know, data is king, and content is queen. They they go together. So, like you said, if you can figure out a way where you can bring genuine, real data, and everybody starts somewhere, you, you're gonna start small and build that momentum. But if you can bring in real, genuine data to Spotify, they're gonna the algorithm is gonna start to categorize certain things and put you to the place that in the places that you're supposed to be so that you can continue to grow. Right. So yeah. how can a music artist, you know, identify uh, maybe like a third party playlist that may possibly give them um, fake streams or, or fake numbers? Is there a way to kind of like figure that out or the way that you discovered that was a little bit more of a, you know, a, you know, a gray area or something that was a little bit different than, what average so, people can do. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I have a lot of backend data. You know, okay, like right. company has access to probably, I don't know, 150 to 200 Spotify artist accounts and Apple okay. Music, right? So I see how it happens. Um, oh, okay, right. But here's how you could do it if you're an artist trying to see if you can maybe find a couple of decent, because, you know, there's, there's a few out there. And I'm sure, I'm hoping that companies, that they learn about what I'm talking about, there's going to be a few good companies going to start building really good playlists. But here's, Here's the first thing. Listen to the damn playlist. Right. Yeah. Listen yeah. to it. Sure, there can be an independent playlist that has a lot of dope music. But if it's like, again, 
you know, A-list artists and then some artists you never heard before, but the song is questionable. And of course, music is subjective. But, you know, come on, if you're a good artist, you can compare it to like, all right, what the hell is that? Then you see, hear another like, you know, A-list artist and another potentially crap or mediocre or weird song and so on and so forth. So listen to the playlist and try to put yourself in either your shoes or the consumer shoes and say, would I listen to this playlist on a regular basis? Like when I get into my car on Friday, you know, end of the day at work and I'm going to go to a happy hour with all my homeboys and like hang out. And, you know, is that, is that, that the playlist I'm going to put on and vibe to? Cause I can be confident that playlist is always putting the newest shit on there that I love. Right. If that answer is no, then think about Most it, right? Likely, There's probably yeah. no, pe- no real people actually listening to it. So how are you going to gain real fans from it? Probably not. Second thing is, if the playlist company has a button on their website that pretty much anybody can hit buy now, choose a tier, pay $300, and you get on the playlist. Like, think about that. That means I can create a song with a sine wave or like a buzzing thing for three minutes, like, and I bet you <laughs> I can on. go on the, on the playlist. Yeah, that's like, crazy. That. You know what I'm saying? So that's another way of doing it. And second, um, you know, when you go on Spotify and you have the paid version and you go on desktop, the the playlist a lot of times will list who's the curator or whose account it's coming in. Look them up on social media, like see what their brand is about. Because, again, maybe you can, you know, hopefully some of these brands are getting better and better. Um, like recently we're representing the EDM artist and she's got on some pretty decent playlists, but she was signed to a label and labels do have their own playlists that they curate. But guess what? The label doesn't want to screw up their playlist because they understand the real psychology of how fans think. So mm-hmm. labels may have their own internal playlist that they use to, uh, you know, like get art, get newly started artists to the next level. But you better believe that they want those uh, playlists to be sort of quality because they need some real human, you know, feedback from it to see if it's a worthwhile investment. So anyways, I think those three things are something that any artist could do. Like listen to playlists yourself. Is it a playlist you listen to on a weekly basis? And what was the, the second thing is, you know, um, I think it's going to take your money because you, you can hit right, that. Yeah. Or um, it, it can, it, can you find out more about the brand? This is actually how I discovered, again, by getting scammed, uh, we bought a digital radio streaming package. There was apparently mm-hmm. six radio stations that were included in it. Yeah, started yeah. Getting the reports, you get this many spins on this many radio stations. But I'm like, but nothing is happening on social media. No Shazams know nothing so i started investigating and all these radio stations were duds i went under the social media accounts <laughs> no activity you know like you can go on your local fm radio station in your city whether it's montreal baltimore whatever your hip-hop station in the local town and they're probably gonna have some engagement on the damn social media because probably tens of thousands of people in the city actually listen to it whereas if you're a dud there's going to be no real engagement you know so those three things i think any artist can do and maybe uh, that's the first step of safeguarding yourself to see if you're about to get scammed for 200 300 500 dollars to try to get on a playlist so that, that that's that totally makes sense right there those are definitely some red flags that can avoid you getting on something that will inject bad data on your profile or on your score when it comes to spotify and uh, that's definitely something that you want to avoid that's gonna actually st- you know make you make a step back and how you're going to grow on the platform and, and really grow as a music artist. So actually, appreciate- you know what? I have a fourth one, if you don't mind. Sorry to cut you off. Sure, go I'm- ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Discovered this. So look at the other artists that are on that playlist. If they're sort of unknown, check out those artists, go to their social, go to their Spotify accounts 
And if they look like they're getting, let's say, 40,000 monthly listeners, mm-hmm. but you scroll on their account and they do not have a section on their Spotify account that says fans also like, that means all their listeners are fake. Because oh. I've that have <laughs> 1,500 monthly listeners of real people, but since they have real data, Spotify will show what their fans, what also other artists like, right? fans also like. So if you find another independent artist you never heard of on a Spotify playlist, and you go to their page, and they're getting tens of thousands of monthly listeners, and they don't—they're missing that section. That's a telltale sign that it's all bot streams. Wow, that, that's crazy. It's, it's it's those little things too, right? Like you know how they they give you that yearly stats thing, and then you know I see some artists like they have a certain amount of streams, and then you look at the monthly listeners, and it doesn't even match. Like you know they put themselves out there thinking that something great is happening, but you clearly see that it's bots and it's not, you know, the, the data is not matching right there. So anyways, uh, amazing, amazing insight right here, man. Where can they, they find you on social media and uh, maybe we can share something that can help get some mentorship and coaching on your side so that they can further educate themselves on music business and, uh, things like that, where, you know, building some real data is going to help them grow as a music artist genuinely, instead of trying to take a shortcut and buying some fake views, and getting infested with 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 bot like data so yeah yeah no absolutely so you can uh on instagram you can find me under mate which is m-a-t-e-j underscore h underscore entrepreneur um and you can also look at my company digital science media.com or also on, on instagram and you know if you dm me my assistant or somebody from my team they're constantly going through my dms we'll get back to you um, and I know you're going to put some offers down in the description. So, you know, they'll get a discount as well. And I have, you know, we do two things. We offer services. If, if the artists have a budget for us to actually do the marketing for them the right way, mm-hmm. build their fan bases, extract their fans, phone numbers, email addresses, build a solid fan base in a particular location you can monetize. And then the uh, second thing is for artists that don't have big budgets is my Indie Artists Accelerator program, which I actually partnered up with Clinton Sparks on this. Nice. So he's a part of it. And, you know, we have... 200 plus classes step by step on everything you need to know independently we had lawyers that came in other industry experts that you know give classes on their stuff and i do two uh hourly live virtual management management sessions every week for all the users on zoom so you can ask me anything about try to hold people accountable and try to help them you know build their business but it's mate underscore h underscore entrepreneur on instagram great perfect so we'll we'll link uh, a resource right there so that whoever's stepping in and, and tuning into this, they can go and check it out, especially for your accelerator program. So if you go to the golden voice podcast.com for slash Mate, that's M A T E J J right. Yep. Yeah. M A T E J. So the golden voice podcast.com for slash M A T E J. We'll link it on the video as well. You'll see it. You'll be able to get some information about the, you know, the accelerator program and some things that we're going to easily link on the page. And you'll be able to go a little bit deeper and uh, get some information about Matei's, uh, you know, business and services and all that good stuff. So really appreciate you to come on the Golden Voice podcast, man. That was pretty insightful information when it comes to uh, Spotify playlisting and some some insight as to where, where people don't fall into those those bot traps, 
You see what I'm saying? Or those third-party playlists uh, that are going to inject some bad data onto your profile and stuff like that. So really, I appreciate you, man. And uh, hopefully, we can collab a little bit further more on the nearest future on some great information again, man. Appreciate it. And I appreciate you as well, man. I love what you're doing for artists. And you know what you're doing and what I'm doing, I think, will make the industry better. And that benefits us. I mean, it benefits the entire ecosystem. So fan of what you're doing. And uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.